We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Best of the Joe Show time. Running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope you're having a great Thursday. I am Dan Day. Look me up on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Of course, you can look us up on Twitter, at 560 WQAM. On the way, Joe Rose Show talking to an NFL legend, at least on the coaching side. Dan Levitard Show and Diana Rossini. Whoo! And her mom might even be in the mix. Even better. And Stephen A. Smith giving you the breakdown on baseball. But right now, breaking you down with some headlines. The Dolphins have engaged in talks to trade running back Kenyon Drake. Miami plays in Buffalo Sunday. Kickoff is at 1. Tonight in the NFL, it's Denver versus KC at 8:20. Bradley Beal will not play in Miami next season after signing a two-year, $72 million extension with Washington. The Heat play tonight in preseason play against Orlando. When it comes to the NBA regular season, NBA general managers have predicted the Heat to finish 7th in the East. Miami's first regular season game is October 23rd against Memphis at American Airlines Arena. Louisiana Lafayette, a.k.a. Ulala, will play Arkansas State, and UCLA clashes with Stanford tonight. Saturday at noon, the Canes take on Georgia Tech at Hard Rock Stadium. ALCS Game 4 is tonight at 8. Last night's game was postponed due to weather. Astros lead the Yankees two games to one. The Panthers look to hand the Avalanche their first loss of the season tomorrow at the BB&T. Puck drops at 7. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. The Jim Beam Distillery has listed a cottage on its grounds on Airbnb. For $23 a night, you can stay there and get guided tours along with whiskey tastings. With that being said, I need a vacation. A community in Panama has broken the world record for largest plantain fritter, weighing in at 245 pounds. Okay, South Florida, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Let's beat it. A teen in Denmark has been recognized by the Guinness Book of World's Record for possessing over 1,200 tea bags. Hmm, I wonder what his friends do to him at parties whenever he gets drunk and passes out. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a low chance of rain with temperatures around 85. Join us for Breeders' Cup weekend at Champions at Hylia Park, Miami's most beautiful simulcasting center. Watch and wager in air-conditioned comfort at the original Champions, Champions at Hylia Park. Early in the morning, at least early in the morning for me, 6 to 10, it's the Joe Rose Show. If you didn't get up early, like myself... I don't know why. Maybe you're out partying in Miami. Maybe you're working. Maybe you're doing something I don't want to know about. But nonetheless, if you didn't get up and you didn't listen to Joe Rose show, I got you. Earlier, they caught up with coaching legend. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Brian Billick talking NFL officiating. It's not that bad. Breaking down pass interference. Is Jalen Ramsey worth it? And MVP, MVP, MVP. Brian, we got a, a lot of stuff going on. We'll start with the news here in Fort Lauderdale where the NFL was having meetings. Do you think the officiating's been that bad, especially on the pass inter- the new pass interference review? Uh, I don't. You know, first off, let's let's remember, 
about this time every year, we kind of have the same discussion, don't we? We're always complaining about where the officials and this call and that bad call. What do we do? Do we have full-time officials? Do we add an official to the field? You know, from my perspective, and again, we've talked about it many times. I'm not here to defend the officials. They got $75,000 of my money. So I have no loss. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and by the way, so your fans know, they take that money now. That's not a symbolic <laughs> and, okay, we're going to put slots here. They take the money, okay? Right. So I, I got a little bit of a, a, an edge for the officials. But having said that, you know, th- this is a fast game, and it's getting faster all the time. I was very pessimistic about the new pass interference interpretation. When I sat and listened to Ron Revere explain it when I was at the NFL seminar for the NFL Network, I was I, I was scared because it was like, boy, this isn't going to go well. This doesn't make sense, and the fans are going to go nuts because the expectation was every pass interference can be challenged, and in their mind, if you want to challenge it, well, then it ought to be overturned. I'm, I'm very pleased with the way the league, what they've done is removed the egregious error, not the ticky-tack, right. not turning over. Coaches have got the sense, look, if I challenge this, I better know and I better see because the officials, if it's close at all, if it's and, and basically what they see in the replay is probably what they saw on the field is pretty close. They're not going to overturn that. That's the one thing they made very, very clear. And I think the coaches realized during preseason they're not going to overturn this stuff unless it is truly egregious. So unless it's an absolute pull and hold of the jersey, absolutely early, early contact, the interpretation, if I'm sitting in a bar in Miami and you're sitting in a bar in New England and there's pass interference on the Dolphins, I'm going to see it one way and you're going to see it another. That's right. not an egregious error. And so I really think they've done a pretty good job with it. Well, we got, as you know, we've had some coaches. I don't know what, when they lose, you know, their review. They go, I don't even know what it is anymore. I, I don't even know. Like, it looked clear to me. And, and you're right. They want to get the, I, I guess they're trying to make it clear, although I some teams don't seem to get it, but it seems to be they, they want to get that Rams call that we saw against the Saints, the really, sure. really bad one. Sure, and it should be, and that's a good thing. If you'll remember, and, and I was part of the group that when we first got replay reinstalled, uh, and had to get it past the owner. And I remember Rich McKay talking to, to, to Mike Holmgood and I, and, and I think Mike Shanahan was there. And they said the most important thing, look, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. What we want to do is remove the egregious error. The guy stepped out of bounds. Easy to see. The ball bounced in. You know, the Vinny Testaverzi sitting on the one-yard line, and it called a touchdown. We want to correct those. And that was a good idea going in, but then what happened? We got kind of caught up in the minutia. Well, if we can correct that, how about we correct this? We correct that. We always saying it about offensive holding, right? You could call offensive holding on every play. Well, you could probably, if you really wanted to, call pass interference on every play on somebody. You really could. But I don't think we want the game called that way remember pass interference the basic part of the rule says did someone gain a a competitive advantage based on the way they played in terms of jamming pushing shoving you know we see it all the time on the slant routes when the db's in there he's got his hand on the backside hip of the receiver and he's reaching around and people go no that's pass interference well no if he didn't turn or alter the course of the receiver, just having your hand on the receiver is not a penalty. So I think the officials have got pretty good at it. Uh, I think we as fans have got to be careful that with this new rule, 
do we really want pass interference called on every single play? Because that's what will happen if we get bogged down into the minutia rather than trying to remove the egregious error. And the coaches, I get that. I was, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't know what a catch <laughs> is. I don't know what pass interference is. All in all, i got to say, I think the officials are doing a pretty good job. Ryan, I don't know if you saw the report this morning, but back specialists all over the country are closing down shop because all it took for Jalen Ramsey's back to get better was a trade to L.A., and all of a sudden he's going to play this weekend. <laughs> back doctors yeah, out of business. What would you think about that move and now that Jalen Ramsey might be playing this weekend? You're right. It's amazing how quickly you can uh, uh, correct a migraine <laughs> and a hamstring pull right. and a back. And Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is amazing. So yeah, we, we saw this for what it was. He wanted a new contract. He wanted to be paid. He wanted to get out of the existing like we see so many players do anyway. That's clearly what this is, and that's cool. I get it. Uh, and now he's got a new lease on life uh, going to the Rams, and, and now I'm with the team that really appreciates me. Uh, he ought to have a talk with Marcus Peters to see how he feels about the Rams now that he's going to Baltimore. So it's kind of business. What do you think uh, of giving up two ones and a four for, for a guy that's obviously super talented? What do you think? Too much for you? or not well let's see how he plays you know if, if, if you're if he's a top flight corner make no mistake about it and if you can play to that level that he has played on a team that, that des- desperately needs him on that back end and can make the difference for them no it's not it's not too much of a price because uh, uh, again top shut down corners are hard to come by uh, but it depends, does he play up to that? It's like the contract. Is he worth It's like these quarterbacks. You give him a $100 million contract. Well, you know, is he worth it? Well, if he plays up to it, yeah, probably yeah. is. I wanted to ask you about a couple of guys here because we thought, I thought before the year started going, you know, we, we look like the NFL's in really good quarterback shape, and all of a sudden Jameis Winston's up and down. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Mariota, Tannehill, to me, we had Tannehill a long time. Not bad. Good NFL guys, but... I think all these teams are going to be looking and a lot more looking for, for franchise quarterbacks again next year in this draft. Do you agree? Because all these guys are up for – if you sign them, you got to give them big, big contracts. How do you feel about that group of guys I just mentioned? Yeah, again, kind of business as usual. You know, every year in the draft we talk about it, and at best, at best, it's a 50-50 crapshoot, and it's kind of playing out that way. Jameis Winston, for as good a coach as Bruce Arians and, and obviously what they're doing there, this is, you know, at the end of the day, Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston, and he's played enough games. He's done enough that I think we've got, you know, Bill, Bill Walsh always felt like by the, the, the latter part of their second year, by that 25th, 26th, 27th start. You have an idea whether the guy's a player or not. Uh, if it happens before, then great, and you're ahead of the curve. But if it hasn't happened by then, it probably isn't. And with Jameis Winston, we're seeing, you know, for a while there, he had a couple of good games. Going, Boy, he, he is, uh, he's got the right quarterback whisperer now, and he's really doing well. Well, and then he reverted back to his what? He, you know, and this was Jameis Winston's MO. I'll have a three-touchdown performance. And then I'll have a three-interception performance, and it kind of looks to be the same way. Marcus Mariota is a bit of a surprise for me. I really thought Mariota would perform better than this. He clearly is among that group that's going, poo boy, for some reason, it doesn't look like it's adding up. So, yeah, I'm with you. Some of these guys that have struggled with it, you know, we talked about Baker Mayfield. And, and uh, indeed, with the great first year that he had, how was he going to do now being that bravado? And we loved it. We loved the swagger and his ability to throw the ball in. He's willing to do it. Well, he was playing on house money. Now that it really matters, how's he doing? (laughs) 
well, he's sitting here with five touchdowns and 11 interceptions, uh, and he's below 60% completion. And I'm not saying we should write off Baker Mayfield, but yeah, we, we're seeing, we're hearing the rest of the story now, and we're seeing over a longer period of time, can you sustain it? So yeah, as we have said many, many, many times, and we've been doing this show a long time together, uh, finding a quarterback that can truly do it in the National Football League, it's a hell of a crapshoot. Brian, who's your MVP of the NFL right now if you're put on the spot? Wow. Well, I think you have to put it in two categories. I mean, if because it, it's always – how do you not say a quarterback? Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey deserves a lot of attention. This guy and what he's doing, both out of the backfield, running the ball. You know, if, if, if a non-quarterback can win the MVP, uh, Christian McCaffrey's the guy. If, if you go back to, okay, well, we've got to talk about the quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson, what he's doing – is spectacular. You know, the next-gen stats, I did a thing on Playbook, uh, and the next-gen stat, and I'm not a big next-gen stat guy necessarily because there's a lot of minutia and, and, and data that you go, okay, what do I do with this? What are we really saying? But they've got one now that's kind of interesting. It's called expected completion percentage, and they take the, the, the speed of the receiver, the separation from the DB, the time that the ball is in the air, and basically the difficult throws. And who's making the most difficult throws? Who's completing passes that you really shouldn't be completing? And Russell Wilson is far and ahead the best wow. in the league right now. He had, Well, we saw that throw in, in the first night oh, game against man. LA, right? As good as you'll well, see. Wow. Mm. You cannot throw that pass. If that thing would have been intercepted, you'd have had every right to pull him over and go, what are you thinking, man? You can't force the ball in. And yet he gets a touchdown out of it. There are some guys, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is that way. Pat Mahomes seems to kind of be that way. You know, I did one on Playboy. He rolls to the right, and you never, ever, ever, ever throw back across your body across the field blindly the other side, unless you're Patrick Mahomes and it gets to Travis Kelson, he pitches back to Sean McCoy, and it goes for 70 yards. So what it is, the long and short of it, is, is quarterbacks that can make plays outside the design of an offense, that, that, that you can't coach it, you can't teach it, you can't call it, you can't structure it. They just seem to be able to make those kind of plays. Those are the guys we're looking for, and, and right now, Russell Wilson's at the top of that pyramid. Brian, tell me about the work you're doing with Roman. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of my association with Roman right now. This is really, we've talked about it before, this is a heck of a service. we we got to take care of ourselves, particularly guys over 40. Guys over 40 haven't been to the doctor on an average in two years, and that's not right. There's just too much going on. So you, you get Roman, you get expert medical care. These are licensed physicians. The privacy of online, you can get, getting started, it's simple. You go to GetRoman.com slash coach, and your first visit uh, is free. And you're going to get things addressed. I don't care if it's ED, hair loss, cold sores, whatever. Stuff that needs to be addressed, stuff that you've got to get addressed because it can cascade into bigger things. you got to get it taken care of. And now there's no excuse not to. You can go to GetRoman.com. All right, and go to GetRoman.com slash coach for your first free visit. Coach, as always, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. The Joe Rose Show, legendary. Been in this market for decades. Joe Rose, legendary. He caught Dan Marino's first touchdown pass as a Dolphin. So listen to that legendary show or at least the podcast. Download it wherever you get your podcasts, radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. And while you're there, also download the podcast for this show. Up next... The Dan Lebitard Show's got the always delicious Diane Russini and her mom. Seriously, it's not Miss Radio on the Best of the Joe Show. Back on the Best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I happen to be Dan Day. Thanks for tuning in. Dan Lebitard, he's still on his honeymoon. 
living the good life. But while he lives the good life, the rest of his team living an even better life, maybe. Well, pretty good life. Well, I would say a lot better. No. Well, I don't know what Dan's doing on his honeymoon. Well, I do know what Dan's doing on his honeymoon. Nonetheless, I digress. The Dan Lebetard Show is up in Bristol, Connecticut. They caught up with one of my favorites, Diana Rossini. And Diana's Rossini's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take some phone calls. Plus, they talk Teddy Bridgewater's future and Thursday night football. The star of the last two days, I don't care what anyone says, Diana Rossini. She is with us. You are star. Our audience fell in love with you. Why are you shaking your head now? You're star. No, I was, it, it was an awesome experience, and, and I love the fans. But I'm back in my normal role. I'm hosting NFL Live today and just adjusting back to like the professional sports coverage um, space I'm in, it was hard. Like, I didn't go to the meeting today. I've never missed a meeting ever. But I was just like, yeah, Lazy River. Lazy River tonight on NFL Live. I thought you You well. guys are all uptight. We'll figure it out. It's a bunch of people talking football. My finest student. I mean, it only took two days. So I didn't write a thing in this show. What are you doing tomorrow, by the way? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to take You're doing the show. That's what you're doing. <laughs> 10 to 1. She walked into the meeting and asked Schefter for a light. <laughs> so uh, we wanted to uh, have Diana on because she's awesome and because we want her to take phone calls, serious football phone calls, and we want her to answer as in her mom's voice because your mom's voice is is fantastic. She's a, she's She's got a great character. So um, are you ready to do this? Are you prepared to do this? I don't think we're going to do it in this segment. I think we'll set it up and probably take the calls. I'll come up in next segment, and then we'll get to Mikey C. Smoke Break, because we all know what Mikey C. is thinking right now. Are we going to get to my second Smoke Break? This is the story of this show. (laughs) Di, we know you got a show today. Just swing by just for five quick minutes. We'll do phone calls, and you'll get out. Can you stay for another segment, and then can you come work tomorrow? Wait, would you like to do it right now? No, no. I'll wait. I'll let people call. What's the number? You were on yesterday when we had Zach Brown on, and Stu Gotts asked him if he would come back and do today. Zach Brown from the Zach Brown Band. You think any of us are immune to it? That reminds me. What happened to Zach Brown? Because I thought he said, yeah. I mean, <laughs> isn't that what it felt like? He got bumped for are you, field. Are you still scrambling for the number? Is that what you're doing? Were you I don't have I, Stanzig, I've been taking calls in a it's, month. Uh, it's like. state espn 888-729-3776. Okay, That's cool. from memory. Right. When's the last time you heard our show take calls? I don't even... You promise it every show. I, I, but I never take Don't them. you do that with Ron McGill every... Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday. Uh, yeah, but I didn't, the, I didn't give out the number, so it was two days ago, but I didn't give out the number. I mean, oh, yeah, you would, never said it. Ron's so popular, we didn't have to give out the number. People just call in. Like it's a, it's a weird tailgate for Ron McGill. They just wait forever. Broncos today. This is interesting. Like, Broncos and Chiefs, you have the Chiefs. Why are you surprised I'm talking sports right now? I, I wasn't ready for that. All I kept thinking was spiders have eight eyes. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts here because we were talking about Von Miller, the trade market with Field Yates earlier. And Von uh, Miller is one of the names that's being floated around as a guy who could potentially be traded. But Field made a good point where if the Broncos can win this game tonight and they have the Colts next week, the Broncos just a game out of first place in the AFC West. Do you think yeah. that's a reality that Von Miller? I, it seems ridiculous. Yeah, I don't that think the Broncos would trade Von Miller. That's not happening. I, I would be shocked if that happened. Uh, look, we've seen crazy things go down. So uh, I covered the Broncos Monday Night Football against the Raiders and spent tons of time around them and, and Von Miller. And at that time, they were just trying to find their identity. We we saw them struggle, too, coming out of the game. I actually have the Broncos winning tonight. Wow. Seeing oh, that really? the Chiefs last week. That number is so tempting, by the way. Chiefs minus three and a half. Sharks are all so over it. Yes. tempting, man. Oh. I just I think the Chiefs right now having such a tough time stopping the run on defense in this offensive line for Patrick Mahomes, unable to really do a good enough job giving him just time, him healing from this ankle injury. You have a lot of things working against the Chiefs right now. And and 
Broncos, they're rolling. And people I talk to in the building in Denver keep talking about how Fangio is feeling himself at this point. He's getting comfortable in this role as head coach. Remember, coordinator forever and ever and ever. And he's just coaching his tail off right now, trying to make sure that this team can get this win tonight. It's too bad. It's the only thing I'm hesitant about with tonight, because I, I understand all the things that are working against it. But all of the goodwill that we're feeling right now in the Broncos has come against the Chargers that just got drummed at home Fair. by Duck Hodges and the Steelers and against the Tennessee Titans team that just benched Marcus Mariota for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, like, I don't think either of those juggernaut squads should give us too much in the way of good feeling. Well, do you consider the Bears to be a good football team? Because that's the game, the Bradley Chubb game. That's the game they probably should have won, right? Was yes. it the Bears or the Packers? It was It was one of those two games. He got, it was a terrible roughing the passer call towards yes. the end of the game. Had they yeah, it not, was the Bears. It was the Bears, right? So are they a good team? The Bears. Uh, I know. At this point, I know. like. I, I don't know who's. What was that sound, by the way? Yeah. It yeah. sounded like Scooby Doo <laughs> a little. He's snoring. Uh, I don't know if the Bears are good. That's the funny thing about this league. Yeah. I don't know who's well, good. I know one team is good, and that's it. Well, and I think that's interesting, too, is the Bears this week. We're hearing Mitchell Trubisky. What is the word from, uh, from, uh, Matt Nagy is cautiously optimistic about Mitch. He's going to have to wear a harness on that left shoulder. I mean, that one's going to be interesting. How, how soon do you rush Mitchell Trubisky back given the season he's had? Well, they need him. That's the problem, though. Uh, this Best entire have, offense right? is is run around Mitchell Trubisky, and if he's not healthy, they're they're not going to be able to move forward. In. But then again, look, we've seen tons of backup quarterbacks find success this year. So as quick as we are to say, if you don't have your starting quarterback, you ain't, you're not going to win. I feel like the storyline of this season is backup quarterbacks. Well, and as, as you know, speaking of one of those, Diana, I want to ask you what the future looks like for Teddy Bridgewater. You've spent a ton of time around the Saints. I know you guys had Sean Payton on this week. The success Teddy's had is probably not surprising to anyone down there, but he's a guy that's going to be highly coveted this offseason like he was last yeah. offseason. Uh, Stugas actually canceled Sean Payton because he wanted to talk about hugging. Oh, good. So we never actually got to a Super Bowl winning head coach. I was listening for all three uh, hours. I, I did not cancel Sean Payton. He just preferred to just, you know, talk about that. I didn't know Sean Payton uh, was available to us at that time. I would have preferred to talk to Sean Payton. That's not true. But, <laughs> You're right. But uh, I, in terms of Teddy Bridgewater, the, every time I, I, I'm around that team, we'll just start with the players. Obviously, we know he is so well-liked. He's well-liked around this entire league. But in terms of him running the offense, they are bought in. Obviously, look at his record at this point. But in terms of future, when Drew Brees finally decides to hang it up, which I don't think it's anytime soon. We talk about Tom Brady, that he's going to go forever and ever and ever. We don't really take a lot of time to talk about Drew Brees because he doesn't really put it out there talking about his fitness and his health and his diets the way Tom Brady does. Uh, but when you ask Drew Brees about when is it time to move on, he, ca- he gives you a little bit of attitude, to be honest with you. Like, what, what makes you think I'm hanging this up soon? I've got more years left in me, and he does. And the organization believe he does. But Teddy Bridgewater, in their mind, is the future. All right, Diana Rossini going to stick around for one more segment. She is going to take football calls, serious football questions. She will answer them seriously. She will do so in her mom's jersey voice. <laughs> Give them a little snippet of what mom, how mom sounds when she talks. So, God, this show is trash. <laughs> it's absolute trash. How do you have a job? No one even knows who you are. Diana Rossini is a credible NFL reporter, and if she is going to answer you, you're going to ask serious questions. And she is going to answer them seriously. She is just going to do so in her mom's voice. Sir, but that's how we're going to do it. Let's do this. Billy, you good? Good, Goji, you good? Yeah, I'm good, Billy. Dan, you good? I'm good. Mike, are you good? Oh, he's on the phone. He's good. Are you good? Mike, you say good? I'm good. All right. Roy? Good. 
Diana, you good? Yeah, my mother is always using a phone like this. I'm use it. <laughs> Are you really doing that right now? I love this. All right, let's go out to uh, Diana Rossini's holding a landline. You need the Actually, mic, Actually, she's always like this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, go ahead. She's well, wrapped, got, who's she, up first? She's wrapped up in the cord. She's okay. really getting into character. This is amazing. You are unbelievable. Let's go to uh, Eric in Pennsylvania. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Diana Rossini's mom. Hey, Diana Rossini. Thanks for saving the show. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you if the 49ers are the best-looking team in the NFC. Oh, Eric, if my daughter could find anyone that looked like Jimmy Garoppolo, I would be the happiest mother. Every guy she brings in this house, he can't change a toilet, he can't cook, and he looks like a rat. Jimmy Garoppolo is the best-looking guy in the NFL. She's always like, but, Ma, it's Tom Brady. It ain't Tom Brady. It ain't Tom Brady. Give me Jimmy G Italians all the way. This is going well. Oh. Let's, go, let's go to, uh, you want to end it right now, Mikey? I think you're done. <laughs> going on top. It's a good Italian boy. I just feel like I need to clarify. This is exactly how she sounds, and she knows it. So, sorry about that, Ma. Let's go to uh, Fred in Texas. Fred, go ahead. You're on ESPN Radio. Hello, Mrs. Rossini. You should be very proud of your daughter. She does a great job there at ESPN. She has a lot of fans. But I got to ask you, in the unlikely event that the Cowboys would fire Jason Garrett, and Kellen Moore is too young to promote. Who are your top three leading candidates to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Mm. You know, right now at this point, the commitment Jerry Jones has to Jason Garrett, it reminds me of the love that Ricky, my husband, has for me since I was nine. <laughs> he never leaves me. Ever. Ever leaves me. But look, sometimes some girls like him, and I see him. He looks at Urban Meyer, and I get it. Jerry Jones wants a guy who knows how to win, and Urban Meyer knows how to win. That would make sense. I don't think he's going to go in-house, though. I don't think that's going to be the future. He's going to be tempted, but he's not going to do that. As for my daughter, she'll be on GMA one day, and then I'll think she's a success story. For now, she needs to work harder. I'm getting strong Marissa Tomei vibes oh, from my cousin man. Vinny. Oh, I a, like it. I just, <laughs> I just like the phone cords wrapped everywhere. It's, it's electric. Amazing. Mrs. Can you, Rossini. Can you say Buick Skylock? Buick Skylock. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Matt in Massachusetts. Go ahead, Matt. Mrs. Rossini, you and your daughter are both stars at ESPN, and you don't even need GMA. What sort of possible optimism should I have for the Bengals? And honestly, is it time to move on? Uh, to a new fan base considering this ownership group doesn't seem to care about winning. No, no, no. You got to be patient. Here's what I like about the Bengals. They got a defense and a defensive coordinator who knows what they are doing. Do I think they probably need to find a new quarterback? Yeah, that's going to probably be the answer. But who doesn't need a new quarterback? <laughs> Everyone needs a new quarterback. Except the Patriots. <laughs> again, don't really like that Tom guy. But I think you should stick with them. I do think that their yeah, first-year head coach... Give him some time. He's a smart, smart guy. My daughter covered him when he was in Washington. She knows him. She talks to him sometimes, I think, on the phone. I see his name. He's a good coach. Uh, three hours of this tomorrow. <laughs> Jack in uh, Mississippi, I think. I don't know. Jack, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead. Good sushi there. Uh, Kirk Cousins had two tough games this season and a couple really good games lately. What do you think about his future? I don't know who Kirk Cousins is. I have no idea. <laughs> One day I loved him. Another day, I'm like, does this guy even know how to play? Like, who paid this guy? Who said, let's get him out of Washington and bring him here? Dan Snyder has made one good move. One. You know what it is? Get rid of Kirk. Let's go to uh, Mark in California. <laughs> I'm sorry, hey, Mark. love the call. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Mark. Just just out, uh, always calling about the Raiders. Uh, uh, I think Derek Carr would be a wonderful son-in-law and maybe Chuck is a father-in-law. What do you think about the Raiders? I think they're doing pretty well, Kansas. Cities helping us out. What do you think? 
I think the Raiders started the season with all that Antonio Brown saga. It made it very difficult to even like them. But then they come out there on that Monday night game. They bring it on to the Broncos. It unites them. And then they stepped in a couple booby traps there. But here's what I like. John Gruden and Derek Carr's relationship and him understanding the offense. There's a difference between understanding the offense and actually understanding the why. And Derek understands the why of this offense. <laughs> and you know what? I think that the Raiders, they're going to start picking up steam here. And you're going to be a happy, happy man out there in Oakland and maybe Vegas. And I'll meet you there. Greatest segment in the history Whoa. of radio. Uh, you're going to win a Marconi. Uh. Let's go to Nathan in Arkansas. Nathan, go ahead. You're on ESPN Radio. And what about Sammy Watkins? What about my Chiefs? Are they in a tailspin or are we going to pull out of this? Which one? Your Chiefs need to figure out how to protect Patrick Mahomes. You live <laughs> and die by Patrick Mahomes. So if I were you... I would just start maybe thinking about joining another team because I don't see them improving that. That said, you're lucky, though, because I think Patty is the future. You're lucky. You got the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Sammy Watkins, once he gets healthy, it's certainly going to help. Tyreek Hill coming back last week, a good thing, but I still think it's going to be more time. But that run defense, stop talking about Sammy. The run defense is what you should be worried about. Standing ovation. Got to watch out for Diana Rossini and her mom. Dan Lebetard show. You can hear it right here on 560 The Joe weekdays from 10 to 1. Up next, Stephen A. Smith breaking down some baseball on the Best of the Joe Show. Right back at you with the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hopefully you're doing well. The weekend is near. I love the weekends. My name is Dan Day. Stephen A. Smith, I love him too. He got some ideas on some things. Today, he was talking baseball, how rain delay hurts the Yankees, and big baseball bucks do not always equal big wins. Let's be very, very clear about what's going on here. Because of a rain delay last night, or a postponement, game three, game four, I'm sorry, scheduled for last night at Yankee Stadium, was postponed due to inclement weather. I would know because I was stuck traveling yesterday, and that weather held me up for a legitimate three hours, okay? Let me be very, very clear about that. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I am not happy, not by any stretch of the imagination, as to the predicament that the New York Yankees are in. This is it. This is it right here. To me, this is the series. If the Yankees lose this game, if they lose game four with Masahiro Tanaka on the hill, if they lose this game, series is over. You ain't coming back from a 3-1 deficit against these Houston Astros. It's not happening. Not with Garrett Cole. Not with Verlander. It's not happening. I don't give a damn what anybody says. You're not coming back from a 3-1 deficit and winning three straight against the Houston Astros. This is it. This is it right here. You're the New York Yankees with Tanaka on the hill with what he brings to the table as essentially your ace of the postseason. If he can't get it done for you, it's a wrap. 132 career ERA in the postseason. Spanning seven starts and 41 innings pitched. I'm reading right from MLB.com. ERA tied for the fourth lowest in history among pitchers who have made at least five postseason starts. That includes the great Sandy Koufax, the, the great Christy Mathewson, and of course, Steven Strasburg with a 1.10 ERA in the postseason his damn self. This October, this month, Tanaka's 0.82 ERA, allowing just one run in 11 innings. And his pair starts while striking out 11. I'm sorry. I need that against the Houston Astros. These brothers are no joke. Korea, Bregman, Altuve, it doesn't matter. They find a way. And with this staff, with this staff, it is what it is. 
So I'm here to tell you something right now. If you are the New York Yankees, you got to get it done right now. You don't get it done right now. This is the series. This is the series. And I'm going to tell you something, too. Here's the thing. For those of you who don't understand, why would a rain delay toward everything? Because it's an additional days of rest. Well, first of all, Houston and their staff, guess what? They don't need any damn rest. The fact that you gave them an extra day's rest is not a good thing. Now, it might be good for the Yankees from the standpoint that you didn't have to rely on your bullpen to win game four. Now you can put Tanaka because it's traditional, regular, you know, day of rest. He got that three, four day break. So obviously he comes on the hill now and it doesn't disrupt him in any way. I feel that. But the flip side to it is that when you're dealing with this ALCS series, which obviously has the potential to go seven games just like it did a couple of years ago, and you look at all the things going on, here's the reality. Because you got last night off due to inclement weather, you play tonight, then you talk about a game five, game six, game seven, with no rest whatsoever. I got news for you. Aroldis Chapman ain't that impressive when he has to pick pitch back-to-back nights. He ain't that great in a Yankee bullpen. I mean, what am I supposed to think here? I'm supposed to believe that Conley's going to get it done? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Because I'm not sold. I'm really not. Adovino, I'm supposed to believe he's going to get it done? I'm not sold. I got questions about these dudes. Zach Britton, I'm supposed to believe he's going to get it done. I'm not sold. You got game four, game five. You got Tanaka and Paxson. You need wins in both games, but especially tonight. You can overcome a 3-2 deficit easier than you can overcome a 3-1 deficit. You got a 3-1 deficit against these Houston Astros. I'm telling you, this series is over. The Houston Astros are going to be playing the Washington Nationals in the World Series, and it's bad for baseball. That's right, I said it. It's going to be bad for baseball. You hear me talking to you. It's not a good thing. If the Washington Nationals, without Bryce Harper, end up playing the Houston Astros, that's not good. You want the Yankees or the Dodgers in the mix, period. And to a lesser degree, the Boston, the Boston Red Sox in the mix, period. What you do not want is the Astros versus the Nationals. Now, honestly, here's a couple of reasons why. First of all, that doesn't exactly have the sizzle that you want. Let's just get that out the way. Number two, stout pitching. That means low-scoring games. That's what that means. Verlander, Cole, Grinky, really? And in Washington's case, we were so busy paying attention to the fact that Bryce Harper was gone that we forgot. We forgot what they got working for them. We forgot about Annabelle Sanchez. We forgot about Scherzer, even though we don't really forget about Scherzer. Strasburg, now Corbin. We forgot about all of those guys. I'm sorry. We'll be lucky if we see four or five run games in that World Series. That ain't going to sell the sport of baseball. Let's just call it what it is. That's not going to sell the sport of baseball. They're already behind the curve instead of ingratiating themselves and appealing to a younger generation. We all know that. So since we know that and we understand that that's what it is, what is there to talk about? You want the Yankees in this World Series. Going to the nation's capital. Going against the Nationals and that and that pitching staff. Yes, you do. Yankees yeah, going to have to find a way to figure this out. And I believe in my heart of hearts that the Yankees will take out Washington if they got past Houston because I believe Houston's a tougher matchup than Washington. I don't care what you've seen from Washington against the Dodgers. I don't care what you've seen from Washington uh, and, and them blitzing and just destroying the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't care about that. They ain't the Yankees. And the Yankees will go in there into the nation's capital, and I believe they will handle their business, period, if they get past Houston. Houston, to me, is the matchup that I don't favor the Yankees in. You're down 2-1. I knew it would happen because I knew you were not beating cold. But now you got to step this up. And you got to find a way to figure it out and do what you need to do. I want to stay on baseball for this particular instance and this particular reason. 
You know, one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if you all noticed this or not. I mean, when you live, have you been paying attention to Major League Baseball here? Have you really been paying attention? Because I got news for you. Things are not great. Here's the deal, y'all. Bryce Harper gets $330 million over 13 years from the Philadelphia Phillies. He doesn't make the postseason after leaving the Washington Nationals to come a few miles north to play in Philadelphia. He doesn't make the postseason. The Phillies don't make the postseason. Their manager gets fired. Manny Machado signs for $300 million. He doesn't make the postseason. His manager gets fired. Mike Trout, absolute stud. We all know this. He signs for $400 plus million with the Angels. They don't make the postseason. Brad Osmus gets fired. Now, obviously, the Angels just hired Joe Madden, who I believe is the perfect choice for that franchise. Not only was he a great manager in Tampa, not only was he a great manager with the Chicago Cubs and a champion, but he's somebody that used to work for the Angels under Mike Sosha many years ago. I got no problems with Joe Madden. That's an absolute perfect pick for the Angels. Great call on their part. But I got some te- something to tell you. You see these guys getting paid this big money. In light of Machado, Harper, Trout, the money that they got paid, and how little in the way of production it materialized into for their teams. Is it time to acknowledge that baseball players simply should not be getting this much money? It's just a question. I don't know the answer. It's just a question. But is it time to start acknowledging? These dudes don't need to be getting paid this money. Because it's not about winning championships or not. You ain't even making the postseason. LeBron makes that money, his team gets to the postseason. Russell Westbrook makes money, his team got to the postseason. Kevin Durant made money, his team got to the postseason. Steph Curry made money, his team got to the postseason. James Harden got money, his team got to the postseason. In the NBA, Elite Stars is generating additional income for you by their participation in postseason action. In baseball, that's not happening. And then when you look at the Nationals, who basically never really replaced Bryce Harper. And to see the way that they're playing and how well they're doing without him, doesn't it make you feel sorry for Bryce Harper? Doesn't it make you feel sorry for him sitting someplace right now watching the Nationals just be in this position? They've never made the World Series in franchises history. Not when they were the Montreal Expos, not since they've been the Washington Nationals. And the very first year, Bryce Harper turns down $300 million and gets $330 million for the Philadelphia Phillies. The very first year that happens, this team goes to the World Series without him. I got news for you. If I'm a baseball player looking to get paid, first of all, I've been noticing a trend anyway, where you see these guys having to wait forever to get paid in the offseason, to grab, to grab onto a team and to get paid and to end up playing for somebody. That's bad in and of itself. But when you take into account the fact that you're witnessing guys get this money and lose and teams letting them go and going the cheaper route and winning, I got news for you. That would that would give me cause to pause. If I were an executive, I ain't giving anybody $300 million now. Why would I do that? Uh, clearly, I can win without paying you those, that hefty price. Clearly, I can win without you, period. You can lose by paying less, you know. Mike Trout is a superstar personified. Bryce Harper didn't have that bad of a year. I know he only batted 260, but when you look at his home runs, his RBIs, his doubles, etc., he had a productive year. Many of the channels no scrub. What did it do for them? I got to tell you something. I don't know if I'd ever pay these guys this money in baseball again. Clayton Kershaw, he's phenomenal in the regular season, and at least his team gets to the postseason. Fair enough. But we saw those back-to-back home runs he gave up. We saw how he's got to put it on him because he's a $215 million man that can't close in a postseason to save his life. In the sport of baseball, is it possible that we have reached a point 
where we can look at dudes and say, nobody deserves that money. Pitchers, catchers, fielders, batters, doesn't matter. Why give up that money? Right now, the way I look at baseball, I got news for you. It wouldn't be a damn soul getting paid over $225 million. If that ain't enough, bleep you, go find another home. I wouldn't give anybody that money no more because I'm winning without them. I'm losing with them. What difference does it make? That's my take. That's it for the best of the Joe show. We've run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Got some Joe Rose interacting with coaching legend in the NFL, Ryan Billick. I remember when he won a Super Bowl coaching at the Baltimore Ravens. Dan Lebitard's show and the always very entertaining and attractive Diana Rossini and her mom. Well, sort of. And Stephen A. Smith giving you the breakdown on that postseason baseball that has been very exciting to say the least. Speaking of exciting, I am running out of here, like I always do on Thursdays, Thursday night, 7.30, up in Dania Beach at Dockers, right there on Dixie Highway. I host Trivia Night, so come on out. I'll ask some questions. You answer some questions. Have some drinks. Answer, knowledge, fun. Trivia. Thursday nights, 7.30, Dockers, Dania Beach. Hope to see you there. Give me a follow. All the details about that and everything that I kind of do in my crazy life on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Tomorrow night, going to be back live right here at 560 The Joe, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The best of The Joe Show. Later, slug. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.